0: I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead. They will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My dear sons and daughters, we who are God's children now, by the death of Jesus Christ, destroying our death, the rising of Jesus Christ, restoring our life, life eternal in union with the Father. We who are part of the other sheep that had to hear his voice and in that sonship are called also to speak so that many others will hear his voice. I wish, therefore, to give a quotation from you from the Go Make Disciples Common Vision for Evangelization. I know you're all reading it very dutifully. You probably have it memorized already, but just in case. I'll read it out. This is from section number eight. How should we evangelize? Part B, talk to people about Jesus. And the quotation is as follows. It says, There is no true evangelization if the name, the teaching, the life, the promises, the kingdom, and the mystery of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, are not proclaimed. And so therefore, I wish this Sunday and the four following Sundays to proclaim in particular the kingdom and the mystery of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, by talking about the power of the Eucharistic miracles. And the one I want to start with is a Eucharistic miracle that occurred in the year 1996. A great year. Certain handsome gentlemen I know graduated from high school that year. Anyways, August 18th, 1996, in the Archdiocese of Buenos Aires in Argentina. A priest, after distributing Holy Communion, had a member of the parish, a woman who was in the congregation, come up and tell him that she found a sacred host on the floor behind one of the pews. This parish priest did what was the righteous thing to do. He went retrieved the sacred host, went back into the sacri, got a little glass container. I have one back there for the old just-in-case. Filled it with water and placed the host in there. Now we're instructed in these instances, right, just-in-case... There was something nasty on the floor or something was done to the host to contaminate it in a dangerous way. You can't always know that you put the host in water and then place it in the tabernacle. Because over time the water will dissolve the wafer. And remember, the Eucharist is the presence of Jesus Christ in the substance of the bread. So if the substance of the bread goes away, then the presence of the Christ goes away. August 20th, 1996, two days later, he goes to the tabernacle to check. That would seem appropriate time for the host to dissolve and then he can dispose of it properly. Only when he goes to the tabernacle and opens the container, he finds two things. Number one, the host is not dissolved at all. And number two, over two-thirds of it have turned to what look like blood. Well, he does what any priest should do in such an instance. He calls his bishop. And his bishop, the Archbishop of Buenos Aires at that time, was a certain man named Jorge Maria Bergoglio. If you don't recognize that name, today you call him by the name Pope Francis. So Pope Francis, then the Archbishop of Buenos Aires, Jorge Maria Bergoglio, tells him, okay, take photos of it, take a video of it, and let's have it examined. Thus, we have contemporary mighty proof of the Eucharistic miracle. We know by the promise of Jesus Christ Almighty, risen and glorious, from the undying faith, that when a priest says the words of consecration, that unleavened bread becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So, photos, videos are taken, tests are done over many years. I wish to read to you the uh, findings that the medical professionals, the man in charge of it was a man named Dr. Frederick Zubige. Again, I've published this all in the bulletin, so you can go look it up for yourself. He wrote the following after his analysis and the analysis of the team. The analys- the analyzed material is a fragment of heart muscle. What they took out of that tabernacle was analyzed as a fragment of heart muscle found in the wall of the left ventricle close to the valves. For all of you who don't remember what the left ventricle does, he will happily explain it. This muscle is responsible for the contraction of the heart. The left cardiac ventricle pumps blood to all parts of the body. Think on that. The Eucharistic fragment miraculously became the part of the heart muscle that pumps blood to all parts of the body. The heart muscle is in an inflamed state and contains a large number of white blood cells. This indicates that the heart was alive at the time the sample was taken. I affirm that the heart was alive since white blood cells die outside a living organism. They require a living organism to sustain them. Thus their presence indicates The heart was alive when the sample was taken. What is more, these white blood cells had penetrated the tissue, which further indicated that the heart had been under severe stress, as if the owner of the heart had been beaten severely about the chest. Now, think of this, right? The Eucharistic miracle that was witnessed. Someone, either through neglect or bad intention, tried to blaspheme the great sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. A simple parish priest who nobody knows or cares about, Father Alejandro Pezet, does his simple duty out of an act of faith, and the Lord testifies it to a miracle. That is, the left tissue from the left ventricle of the heart muscle that pumps blood through the whole body. On the Holy Cross, Jesus Christ's heart is pierced and outflow blood and water, the sacramental life of the whole body of Christ, the Church. It is that severely beaten... When does Jesus Christ institute the Holy Eucharist? On Holy Thursday just before he undergoes his passion where he is beaten and scourged before he is lifted up on the cross and yet it is not a dead heart it is a living heart as is testified at the resurrection why do you seek the living one amongst the dead he is not here he is raised now a continuation that'll be important for our coming sermons Similar findings have been discovered in other Eucharistic miracles. There have been extensive studies of these miracles, particularly one of the oldest known Eucharistic miracles that contained in a town called Lanciano in Italy. And so, medical experts examined the heart tissue from this Eucharistic miracle in Buenos Aires in 1996, and the tissue that was found in this Eucharistic miracle in Lanciano about 1,200 years earlier. All right, Lanciano is the mid 700s. Experts compared lab reports from both Buenos Aires and Lanciano and have determined beyond doubt that the two samples come from the same person. A Eucharistic miracle in Lanciano, in Italy. And another one, 1,200 years later, on the other half of the world in Buenos Aires, come from the same person. Now, I'll go into the details of DNA and RNA and all that other very exciting stuff. You all come to Mass for science lessons, I know. I simply begin our series on Eucharistic Miracles to remind ourselves. It is the power of the kingdom, the mystery of Jesus Christ, who is the Good Shepherd, who not only speaks to hear his voice, but then invites all, all, right? What's this brown fence? It is not a fence. It's, it's not a rail. It is the spiritual honeymoon suite where Jesus Christ opens his own heart to anyone who wish to commune with him and can have the living beating. What does Jesus say? John chapter 6 unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats the flesh and drinks the blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day, because my heart suffered, died, lives, is given in Holy Communion for the salvation of the world. Just as the Father knows me and I know the sheep, I lay down my life that I can pick it up, and there are others I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd, the one holy Catholic Apostolic Church, which by announcing the kingdom and the mystery, we might invite all to enjoy the heart of the Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.